0: Okay, podcast. We're going to do something a little different tonight. We're going to do a love song for you from Ray and Jim. Um, I hope you like it. Someday when Ray and Jim are awfully low when the world is cold we will feel a glow Just knowing you're listening And the way you're listening Right now Love With your smile so warm and your cheeks so soft There is nothing for and Jim But to love you Just the way you look Tonight Oh yeah, oh, tonight And this grows Tearing our hearts Upon That laugh That wrinkles our nose Touches Lay in Jim's foolish heart Lovely. Don't you ever stop listening Keep that breathless charm Won't you please arrange it Cause we love Just the way you look to dark I trumpet time now, here we go upon those comments that make us feel so good touches our little, little hearts me, never, never stop listening keep that breathless charm. Won't you please arrange it? Cause we love you just the way you're listening.
1: Okay, so I welcome our I'm calling you podcasters uh, that's a good word or not but anyway our pod audience and I hope you like our intro song Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that was from Ray and I appreciation a welcome to you joining us Um, I'm glad to have you aboard okay so let me give uh, before we start Ray and I are aware of um what I call the part the grounding part of our work, which is just a mind mindfulness that we're here, we can feel a sensation in our body and kind of feel something what I call sensation of who we are through our bodies, so just to just to do that to get started with, okay, we will explore the idea of. What would it be like to be a real human being, The search for the real I, what I call the great art of how to be um, a more authentic human being in comparison to the personality, the conditioned personality. Um, and I also want to give a couple examples before Ray comes in and gives some examples in his life, and then I will. Or think of a quiet center that we're kind of born with, called different names, could even be called the Essence, uh, the Atman of the Buddhist or Hindu world, the Nuas of the Greek world. Everybody has a name for this case, place that's kind of quiet.
2: Hey, Jim, what, what's Jesus call it?
1: The Holy Spirit. Um, so there are different kinds of names uh, for this place but outside this quiet center is a cyclone a rotating storm of egos competing with other egos and this is something I think Ray will be able to take over in a minute and what he went through in those years now particularly this year the years the essence is formed from impressions that are assimilated in early childhood, a good guess would be around the age four, which Ray's going to begin in a moment to talk about, when some sort of breakdown between the power of that essence, more of the real lie, um, and the forming of early personality took place. Okay, maybe that would be an introduction enough for Ray. See, so Ray, right, in your does, own life,
2: this person. So personality essentially kills essence.
1: Well, it becomes dominant, or we need personality, but For we don't what, need survival? it to. Survival. Yeah, to get along in society, it's a societal kind of thing. But if it's totally dominant, that it won't allow anything else to come, then it's, it just dominates it then.
2: But but okay, so in let's say a perfect world, your, your essence is equal to your personality. I mean, is there like a, a ratio for that?
1: Yeah, it's it's not that it's that's real real rational like that. But a real probably a balance between personality that you live with through uh, with your everyday life, profession, and family, and so on. That but has essence at its core. The essence, the personality. We learn rituals, and we learn things to say, and things that are accepted in the world. But it comes from a core, uh, which I called dignity. Last week, um, so a core kind of essence that's nicely matched with um, with a uh, personality.
2: Because I, I know, you know, when I was a kid, you know, mom, dad, I was the only child for a minute. You know, because my mother had Rob in Germany and he didn't come over here. That's my older brother. And then um, when I was about four, I got lumped in with Rob, you know, who was a a, a fucking prick even then, you know, and spoke no English to boot. So he comes over Mm -hmm. here from Germany. Here's your brother. And then infant, Ron, my other brother, you know. And then there's one more that came later. And I I just remember – I mean, I don't remember – any specific that happened, but I remember, you know, I had a fend for myself with my older brother and that it was going to be a battle, you know, that that's what it was going to be. And that's what I had to personify. And then my essence just, you know, what took off, it flew out the window. I mean, when I think back on it and I think about, you know, my behaviors, what my go-to stuff is, as far as, you know, being obnoxious and, you know, doing, you know, being that guy that's, that's like, okay, watch out for him because something could happen kind of crap, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's all that was, you know, there was no essence to it, you know, and the quieter I get and the more, you know, you can self-reflect and and see these things happen or what, what has happened, you know, I mean, I would have never been arrested. I would have never been in trouble, you know, and that's all I did in Mm -hmm. my youth, especially, you know, or you know, fuck around with whatever God knows what, girls, the whole thing. You I seen, mean, all of it was personality. You
1: were arrested, what do you in mean? your youth. Well, yeah. Yeah. You didn't know that. No. No, well, I don't remember it. Or, uh, I mean, to what degree you just were?
2: No, just you know, in jail for a day and a half, yeah. you know, until your mom bailed you out and you can get more cocaine, that kind of stuff.
1: Was it on drugs or? Well, uh, of an incident of something violent, or
2: most of them had to do with you know violence, like wrecking cars and stuff like that, oh. or drunken, disorderly, oh, I that kind of thing. Um, what else?
1: So you had the experience of being in jail for a day, huh?
2: Yeah, it's not a big deal. I mean, it's not you know, it's not pleasurable. It's not like Chris there for months. No, it's just a weekend or something. Not Mm -hmm. that hard. They don't put you in, it's not like, it's a holding cell. You have to make a phone call, you know. The real bad guys, they put in another cell by themselves. Yeah. They make it way too cold on you and they give you a real thin blanket. Yeah. It's not a fun place. Well, you've never been arrested? No. no. Never?
1: No. DUI? Do I want to? (laughs) No, DUI. Uh, DUI. Uh, No, no, no.
2: now, uh, yeah, you know, but you see, you see where, where, you know, when you leave essence, or you don't have essence, or it gets covered up, let's say with personality, and the whole acting out thing, you know, I mean, I, I have it for, you know, years. I mean, I didn't even I wasn't even onto to it till I started coming to you around when I was 30. I started coming to you. And then I remember things getting pretty repetitive. And then they were repetitive but yet there were different layers to it and then i then you'd have those you know those aha moments where you would go oh that's what i do
0: Mm.
2: oh here it is again you know and then you would Mm. see the cycle of it and you would see yourself just going down that road eyes closed and it was already predetermined how it was going to go you know Mm -hmm. okay i'm going to get fucked here and then this impasse. All right, this is a, a, another fight that you've been in a thousand of them with, you know, whoever you might be with at the time, you know, all that kind of thing. You're at, to, to, your, to your even your schedule, you know, okay, mm-hmm. it's Friday, we're supposed to be out and we're supposed to be drinking, that kind of thing. You know, I mean, you see mm-hmm. it also clearly, but yet it took you, you know, two years of sitting with you doing some real work before you even saw anything. Mm-hmm. And that's a brutal thing to face.
0: Mm.
2: You know, that's not fun.
1: No, not at all.
2: And my brothers haven't changed much either.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So that's uh, Ray's certainly telling a part about that time in life, what I'm calling the, the period where personality is beginning to come in. According to what's going on at home, see, the things in, with Ray and I are there's a lot of similarities. I'm way, I'm way back on another generation. Um, again, when we, we 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 spoke about this earlier in, in the series, uh, where he he got he got um, aggressive and tough with it, and uh, was reaching out at it and. Um, I was doing the opposite. So when I think about this period for me, um, think of when it happened uh, around that period. There was a period in my family where we all moved to California in 1935, I think it was. <laughs> that's, that's four years old too. Now. Um, 1935, my father, we moved there because my father might have been able to get into a band. They had a lot of park bands then, and um, and so we all moved and lived with some a cousin or something, and that was 1935. Then we had to get out for some reason or other. Some kind of dramatic story I heard all my life. We're running for the train and somebody's after us, so it probably didn't pay. Uh, I, yeah, I'm not sure what it was. We were kind of sneaking out of California to get back to to uh, Philadelphia again. And at that period, I moved into the third floor of a family, my aunt's, my father's sister, I think. Yeah, father's sister's. And we lived on the third floor in a house that had multiple multiple families. Um, and that's where, in the beginning, I really felt my fear of... Uh, uh, on the block that I lived in, we lived up on the third floor, a kind of a trolley L kind of thing went by. I guess it's called a trolley car. Um, but it it, it went, moved through the streets and it, it was like right next to our window, you know. And I remember uh, the fear because it's flashlights all over the place and made a loud sound. And I slept in a crib. I mean, it was, you know, meant for an infant. But that's all they had was that crib, so everybody had to use it. And uh, I slept in that little crib, and I slept right near the window. And I remember the utter fear, the total helplessness of this raging bull train coming by, clanging, and having the statues in my... My mother was had a lot of superstitious things, but uh, flashes of pictures around the room. So I remember that as my... Um,
2: so that was called Bedtime?
1: I was, that was a Bedtime story. And it was hard to sleep. And the, the only moment of rest I would ever calm down for a moment was if I can get into my... I slept in my mother and father's room because there wasn't any other... All my brothers all slept down, but the other brothers, it was all mixed, mixed up. because there was no room. Uh, it was the days where... You know, 15 people lived in one house, and uh, very poor. It was during the Depression. And so we were on the third floor. Just my, I had two older brothers. They slept with my cousins, uh, five five or six to a room. Um, God, I'm trying to think of this now. And, um, and my mother and father had a bedroom, and I was in that bedroom in a crib. At night, after one of those trolley scenes, and they would come by fairly frequently, I would have to. The only way I could sleep is to crawl into my mother and father's bed, and like see if I could nestle near them, because of um, you know of, of some feeling of of um, of security, and then maybe able to sleep. So that happened almost every night. And they also battled to keep me out, so that was another battle, where they would put me back on the floor for me to go back into the bed again. And, of course, in those days, it was more <laughs> different kind of child-rearing. Um,
2: no birthing chair for you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> that I, didn't uh, happen? No, I, I've, uh, I could have used something like that. So we're, Ray and I went through some of this, and domination also by... Others because I was just, I was so afraid that I was in such bad shape that I could easily be run from anything, which means I grew to hate myself for being such a coward and running. So a very fearful early time. The family was full of rituals. When I was sick, I went to a, a kind of a, what would you call them today, a. Uh, Witch doctor, or not a witch doctor, but a shaman. Uh, Carrie, I still remember her name. So if I've had the, maybe I was getting the flu or some kind of sickness, so they would call Carrie over and she would do a whole ritual, like a whole kind of thing to see if she could take that evil, that evil spirit out of me and put it inside her. Then when it would go inside her, then she would like start acting strange and. Get sick as so though now she was sick, and I was better, so
2: wait did this you actually did this? yeah, mm-hmm. you remember it,
1: yeah, mm-hmm. how old were you? uh for Carrie, that might have been a couple of years older, so probably happened earlier too uh, and Carrie, I know today, I mean later in retrospect, know she was a kind of an ill person. She was, <laughs> no kidding. She was a little crazy, but she. Wait, to, you
2: know her to this day, she's alive.
1: Oh no, 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 she's not alive. No, she no, been dead a long time.
2: What did they but, call? Is that in the Italian culture or something like that?
1: Yeah, in the Sicilian culture, and there is a name for it, but I don't recall. But that's that's still you know, that culture handled thing, and that was the culture of the evil eye. Oh, that's another reason why I was sick. I forgot that is that when I would come in, uh, something from school, after running from the bullies and trying to get home, well, that's probably why I was really sick, because I was so uh, afraid of my life. But if, but when I would get home, my mother would, and I would say, yeah, I didn't feel good or something. My mother would say, ah. First thing she would say to me, who looked at you? <laughs> that's the first diagnosis, the first friend. Who looked at you? I said, Ma, how can I... I don't know. People, school, teachers. She said, was it that lady across the street? Uh, That's my... My mother had that in mind.
2: Would you go with it? What? Yeah, it was her.
1: I think I probably would give up, yeah. Uh, She gave you what they called, in English would be the overlooks. In other words, you were overlooked at and a demon went inside you. Very weird, so... That's the kind of world I was in, um, full of that. Did you buy uh, into
2: it? I mean, did you? Yeah, get,
1: you did. At that, uh, yeah. But that was these were people that, you know, were my elders. They knew they better knew. than I was. Yeah, and then I was so afraid that I would always have to get and you know whatever these cures would be too. They would be, they would be getting some support. In other words, that it would be taken from you and put inside them. Yeah. So, And some, there was a psychological relief to that, knowing that it, whatever that was is no longer with me. It's inside the other person. It worked like that. Okay, so we have that. So what else for you, Ray?
2: Well, I remember, I think I was, um, six. What was it, six. Yeah, and we got deported the family well i didn't get deported but my dad did so we all went back to germany then
1: the whole family the went whole back. family went how old back. were you 6 6
2: and so my brother my older brother we were all well, except for my little brother wasn't born yet and we all went back to live with my grandmother who my older brother stayed with her you know until he was like 3 or 4 or 4 4 or 5 And um, the scrutiny and favoritism for him via my grandma, you know, like she would give him, Mm. she'd put candy under his pillow. Like I remember him showing me, hey, I got some candy, you Mm. don't, because grandma put it under my pillow. It's like, really? That's fantastic. Thanks for showing me. And by the way, I know you're not going to share. So it was all that kind of weirdness. So you got that with her. My grandpa was pretty fair, and he did... Like five years in Siberia or something like that. Oh my God! So he was a a POW because he was German, and he was in Siberia. And when he came back from the war, the
1: Second World War, huh? Yeah,
2: he came back from the war, World War Two, and came back to the town of Uttingen, and uh, my mother was there, of course. And she said, you know, he said to her, "Hey, I'm your I'm your dad." And you know, she goes, no, nah, you're not my dad. You know? mm. And he goes, well, what makes you say that? You know, you look like me. I'm your father. I'm here from, you know, I'm back from Siberia. And she goes, well, first of all, my dad doesn't have blue legs. Because oh. his legs from being in Siberia turned blue. Sure. And I remember him when I was there. My, Otto, his name was, O-T-T-O, Otto. Otto Oldhoffer. I should have been named after him, by the way. Oh. But it would have been a good name, you know. But um, he... He was fa- he was fair and he was like he was a look, looked up to in the community of you know 900 people who ever lived in this thing they call a dwarf over there and um, he was quite kind to me but my grandmother was not and um, you know we had an outhouse stuff mm-hmm. like that you know we didn't even have there was plumbing in the house but you didn't have, you could you had to go to the outhouse to go to the bathroom. And we used to get bathed in a tin tub. You know, like those old galvanized tin. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like I, I should be 105. You know, dealing with this stuff. But um, I remember him because he would he would lick everything clean, Otto. Because you didn't get much food in, oh. in Siberia, oh, right. and um, and he was he was quite nice. But then the conflict, you know, with and then supposedly my father had a job there, and that's what he would leave for every day. Mm -hmm. But we come to find out, he would just leave every day. He never had a fucking job. He never did. You know, my father was never one to do what he said. Did he bring
1: any money home? No.
2: You know, and then my mom would question him. She would believe anything. It was really a bizarre thing, you know. And he never had a job. And my mother wound up selling her land to her brother, my uncle, you know, in order to get back here with the family. No, uh-huh. but he was just... And then he had another kid named Ray, uh-huh. you know, and he, all that kind of stuff. And I, I get some mail once in a while that I was a longshoreman. And I know I never was, but <sighs> I guess he uh-huh. is. Uh-huh. And it's just a bizarre... You know, and that that was my father's life of um, just smoke and mirrors, a lot of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and then how I, I took that on too, you know. And uh-huh. I have a problem with... You know, I don't—I don't verbatim, you know, lie like he did, or blatantly lie like he did. Rather, but I, you know, I lie to myself, yeah. and I got myself going on, a, you know, a bunch of—I'm chasing my own tail all the time. And you can see, you know, and then the anger stuff absolutely comes from my mom. You know, we didn't have any shamans or anything, but my mom was pretty mm. tough and pretty pretty angry.
1: How long did you stay with your grandparents?
2: We were there for like seven months or something oh, like that.
1: so it's a short time. Yeah. And your mother wanted to come back?
2: Yeah, she never wanted to leave. She I never mean, wanted. we had to leave because my father's stubborn, you know, and he, my father got caught. You know, he was a, a petty criminal and all that kind of stuff. Oh, I see. So he got yeah. caught, with, you know, and they finally caught up with them. and then he goes, oh, I'll just go back to Germany. So we all shuffled back to Germany. Mm. You know, and I remember we were going... We were kept away from the Vox popular. You know, We weren't allowed to hang out with the crowd, so we had to stay in a certain room because of my criminal dad. So we were sitting in this room, all of us, you know, oh were me and my brothers, and you have to get inoculated. You, know? you have to get a vaccine or whatever. My dad passed out. Oh. And I was like standing up going, he needs some help. Oh, you know, oh. like, this guy. this guy's in trouble. But then on the play, I mean, it, you know, you know, I, you really didn't put it together. When you're a kid, you don't know who's good or who's bad, or mm-hmm. you don't know what really what's going on, you know, or the embarrassment to the family and all that, you know. I never, I never had any of that kind of stuff, mm. you know. And then you just find these things out later,
1: you know. You see, there's a key point where your mother must have been must have been getting on to. She married a pretty unstable guy, even if she didn't think of it in those terms. But things started to happen. that She certainly must have began to follow the trail of things. So then he has an incident where he's kind of in trouble with the law. He has to get out of town. So that was a very key time when your mother had to make the decision about taking the whole family and going back to Germany.
2: Well, we were staying with her with her family, like when we went to go visit his family in Germany, um, she told me, or us actually, us meaning my brothers and I, that when we went and saw his family, that his father, I think his father might have already been dead then, or his mother, I don't know. But anyway, um, my father had been married prior to marrying my mother, (laughs) and had supposedly another family, you know, that we never knew about and that was first my mom had heard of it and then she would question him and of course you're not going to get a really straight answer from him you'll get some kind of fucking vague cloud or you know some kind of song and dance you know but i was on to him super early in life you know i was on to i was on to that it didn't it didn't fit you know and i would go out and seek out other male role role models you know
1: see but that was confusing for you though Oh, even yeah. If, even if you figured it, but still it was your father.
2: No, it, yeah, it messes you up. It it definitely did, you know. I mean, I remember him taking me to football practice and always seeming kind of present, yet if an ambulance drove by, he was getting in the car and got taken off.
1: Chasing the ambulance. Yeah. Oh, my God.
2: That was his deal. I mean, it was. It was, it was, it was a, he's a bizarre cat. Oh. You know, and you could never really talk to him in a way where you'd have a, a connection, you know, a true connection. You know, I never I, you yeah. never got that from him. But he didn't know how to do that, you know. Yeah. He didn't have the tools for it.
1: He didn't know.
2: Yeah, and my yeah. mother knew. And my mother, I think my mother was just so overwhelmed with everything that was going on and that she had four, four boys to manage, you know. She had her oldest, Rob, my older brother, me, and then two others, and we're all separated by three years. And she was just, you know, I think she felt hogtied. I mean, she didn't even drive until what until she was 30 something you know so, so she had no mobility no education you know all that kind of stuff so she felt you know more or less like a chattel i think you know but she's the yeah. one who kept the house together she's the one who cleaned she's the one who cooked she's the one who took care of all finances she was the yeah. figurehead of the family you know yeah. so and you know she she took it on
1: yeah and her strength, yeah, she was um, badass. Gave some foundation though, to the family um, because it was so the structure was so bad with your father. It was so un, so untrustworthy. I mean, nobody could we talk about grounding in here. I mean, you had no ground. No, we were
2: like an upside down pyramid. Yeah. Definitely, we were a whirlwind of emotions, and you know, my mom. English is her second language and she used to just, you know, curse and, and scream. She was always at you know, warp 10 volume you know, and and doing, and juggling everything else at the same time. With the kid on her hip, and oh, cooking. Gosh. With the cigarette in her mouth. Wasn't a drinker, but could do mm. all that kind of stuff. Mm. Well. And rollers in her hair.
1: Yeah, and rollers in her hair. Well, uh. As we begin to wind down, again, we find Ray and Jim kind of similar lives, Um, different times, different generations, but um, a lot of fundamental unsafety. My father father was a good person, but he didn't work. He was a trombone player. And again, my mother was the one. There's another thing we have in common. And my mother really kept the family going. She worked, and she worked in the sweatshops, and walked to work. And wow, what a, when I think of the life of my mother, and in fact, to think of the two mothers, I think there'd be real similarities. It's just that that happened. Was and, she um,
2: was she angry about it?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I and I got a lot of the anger. I was I wasn't. I had two brothers. With a small family. I come from people that have big families. Five, ten people, and uh, you know they didn't have had a couple of children early, but then they'd have children for quite a while. I think my my coming into the world was always said about whether they should. My mother always kind of teased me about them. uh You know, you weren't going to be born. We didn't have any money, but 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 we, you know, but we had you anyway. So <laughs> you better make up for all we went through. You no, know, she didn't add that to it. But she was very angry at my father's, and I represent my father. She said, I look like him, I was like him, I've been interested in music, and so I got all her resentment um, from a husband that couldn't support her. Okay, well, we'll just uh, begin to wrap it up for today. And again, we, we can see Rain and Jim with 50 years apart, but a long, um, a lot of similarities in families. And our podcasters can think about their own family now. You um, can think of that period where, that early period in your life, five or six, which you could remember about that, what I'm calling kind of a key period uh, where the movement from kind of more of an essence to a, a um, personality, um, maybe you can think of yourself during that time and speak about it to your brothers or sisters or friends or something about what you remember about that. So will we go on or search for the I don't know self? if that's a
2: great idea, by the way. Because remember when I brought my mom to see you?
1: Uh-huh. Yeah.
2: A fucking nightmare. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's
2: a tough one. And even when I talk to my brothers and sisters about stuff, I mean, can you talk You don't have no nobody's living, right?
1: No, but I couldn't if I were. I mean, they didn't—they didn't didn't have the same reality. I mean, because
2: I'll talk about you know my our mother with my brothers, and yeah, you'll get different the perspective and reality. It it runs a gamut, mm -hmm. you know. And there's a backlash to it too, you know, depending on who you're talking to.
1: Yeah, yeah, a lot happens in people's lives and, uh, and maybe we could get in with that idea something Ray and I both needed which was to be deeply seen and taken in and remember that idea that to be really seen is to be born and that's something that psychotherapy therapy could provide or sometimes a dear friend or marriage in life Sometimes that could be uh, a person that we can uh, help, that can see us and touch that thing we call our dignity. Can see right to our dignity. Uh, Might be the beginning now of uh, um, being born to other possibilities. Okay, so we'll thank you for listening. We'll begin to. uh, I hope you like our song that Ray and I uh, have offered. So we'll, we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in.
0: tenderness grows Tearing our fears upon Those comments that make us feel so good Touches our little, little heart love me. Never, never stop listening. Keep that breathless charm. Won't you please arrange it? Cause we love you. Just the way you're listening to mine. Oh, man.